Hi, you're listening to the Rosenfeld Review. I'm Lou Rosenfeld, your host. I'm here today with Angelos Arnis, talking to me from Helsinki, Finland. Hi, Angelos. How are you? Hello. I'm very good. Lou, how are you? I'm great, and I'm happy to have my favorite Greek practitioner of design operations in Finland uh, on the show. Uh, Angelos is, uh, like, he, in, in some respects, is my, my peer. Uh, he's in, he, well... I'm not a design ops guy. I'm not Greek. I don't work in Finland, but uh, um, I'm certainly interested in the topic. The, the main reason we're talking today is that Angelos is one of the um, producers of the Joint Futures Conference, which is happening in Helsinki, September 3rd through 5th. You can learn more about it at jointfuturesconf.com. And uh, uh, that conference is really interesting to me for a few reasons, it has a lot of parallels with some of the themes we touch on at Enterprise Experience and the Design Ops Summit here in the U.S. that Rosenfeld Media puts on. Um, it also um, speaks to uh, some broader trends. Uh, each conference really is an expression of some deeper themes, and I wanted to explore those with, with Angelos today. But first, I just want to say that um, Roosevelt Media is working with Joint Futures in uh, the sense of helping curate the program. Uh, specifically, we have workshops being taught uh, on the, what is it? It's on the fifth, it's on the third day of the Correct. conference. And uh, uh, some great people uh, lined up to do those. Uh, there's uh, Gina Ann, uh, there is Patrick Quattlebaum, uh, 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 Kristen Skinner, um, who am I forgetting here? Uh, oh my God, Nathan Shedroff. Thank you. Uh, so some fantastic people are are teaching full day workshops, uh, and we're really glad to have them on the program. Program overall, again, uh, looks really good. Angelos, I know you've worked a lot with Dave Maloof uh, and uh, some others. Uh, Eve Florak, is it, if I'm pronouncing his name. Yep. And and who else has been involved there? We, of course, we have uh, some people that they're helping us from the Elisa side, the company that I'm working uh, with. So they're helping us with uh, the fact that Elisa is the, the main organizer. And I'm basically, it is my, my job to produce this, um, this conference. Uh, but also we have um, a global, uh, if you can call it advisory so we have people like Dave, but also others like uh, Josh Silverman, uh, Gina Ann, um, Hannah Nagel, and so on, that uh, they were actually, you know, they came into this through serendipity and through being really interested about this uh, subject area. And uh, my idea was that, like, well, maybe we can collaborate and, you know, you can help us on uh, making the, the message more um sharp and uh, of course you can also contribute with content so there also are speakers and mcs and so on that they're coming so very quickly you've got quite a production and a really impressive conference now this is the second one last year the conference was called dsconf design systems conference and that was the first year you did a conference uh i'd love to know a little bit about how first of all this came to be. I mean, you're you're being uh, sponsored by Elisa, which is the oldest telecommunications company in Finland, and it's hard for me, for example, to imagine 
uh, uh, Comcast or Verizon or a company like that being, uh, I hope I'm not offending anyone too much, but enlightened enough, let's say, to uh, think that hard about uh, good experiences and design in general that they would go as far as uh, supporting an event like this. So how did that happen? And how did you guys kind of get into the thinking of design systems that led to that first conference and now to, to Joint Futures? Yeah, so first of all, Elisa is a company that, although it's so old, um, I personally believe that it's been reinventing itself uh, all the time. And uh, it's a company, for example, that 20% of their uh, profits are not subscriptions. So they're doing other services, like they have uh, streaming services with finished content, they have like ebook services, and, and so on. And um, the conference is how they came to be was that uh, last year, almost right when I joined uh, a colleague of mine who I knew from beforehand, uh, he was the, still is the design lead for the design systems in, in Elisa. And he said that, hey, I want to do this conference. And he knew that I was uh, volunteering in the past like uh, to do events and stuff like that. So he asked me and I said, yes. And then we went about to do it. And it was actually pretty crazy because uh, he asked me in uh, November 2017. And we started planning this for the conference to be in May 2000, sorry, March 2018. So it happened in five months. We started selling the tickets in January, and we managed to sell out something like 450 tickets. That's amazing. That quickly came together, and you sold it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't know, in a way, what was happening. We were just on the doing mode, and you know, when, when the conference came, and um, the conference went by, and people were telling us, like, wow, that's, that was an amazing event. We were like, uh, really? Because, because we didn't really sit down to think like, hey, we're actually doing this and, and people were happy about it. So I was really glad about that, about the outcome. And so people, you know, after that started asking, well, when is the next going to be? Are you planning a next one? And then we also asked ourselves, are we planning a next conference? What are we doing? And the discussion then went through that. that so you were already interested in, in design systems, and I guess that's why you, you went to work at Elisa, right? That you're helping build the, the practice for the design organization there. Yeah, correct. So, okay. So you have this first conference in design systems, and it, it does wildly well. And then you change things up quite a bit. So Joint Futures is not a design systems conference, although I know you're addressing design systems there. Mm -hmm. What happened? So throughout our own content, but also uh, watching the global community of uh, design systems, uh, you know, talks on Twitter or, or other conferences, of course, uh, we, we kind of like saw that um, a lot of the talks were uh, around the subject of design systems are for people. Like they're solving issues, of course, technical issues as well, but they're solving issues of basically collaboration and and time uh, you know not having to to waste your time on doing kind of like you know things that you shouldn't be doing for example uh, and so also saving costs and all that so all those were kind of like you know people problems and uh, we also thought at the same time that if those are the biggest problems for design systems uh, for us to be doing a like um, 
design systems conference as a second edition, we would um, we would not bring the same value as we brought the first time, and uh, you know maybe top it up a little bit with with some extra value because uh, we kind of like see that uh, design systems are now a thing; they're happening. The companies are aware of them. Uh, we usually kind of like joke that everyone wants to build a design system now. So we need to to see the next set of problems, kind of like a, a leveling up of problems. Because you know, once you build a design system, it's not like everything is is jolly and dandy and works, and it's perfect. But there comes other problems of scaling, of you know, again, people problems, which is kind of like you know, are our designers do they have like you know, uh, they bring their own time, uh, and and is that time that they're put into the companies is it actually designing or is it other things? So then we move to design operations. And then also, like, if you move even further, you start talking about, well, you know, do we have a, a vision? Do we have a strong leadership that can guide these teams, for example, that they're building those systems to the right direction? And the conversation can keep going on and on. I'm going to take a moment to let you know about what's keeping me busy at the moment. Rosenfeld Media is putting on a third edition of the Design Ops Summit in New York City this October 23rd to 25th. You, like many of our listeners, are probably dealing with the challenge of moving your organization from design thinking to design doing. And for that reason, you're probably already excited by the emergence of design and research operations and their potential. Here in 2019, we're seeing design ops and research ops maturing, moving from definition and scoping to more formal, rigorous practices. And that's the story of this year's conference. The program focuses on tools, techniques, and takeaways that you can bring back to the office. So I think you'll want to join us in New York this October. Please check out our program, and if you like what you see, buy your ticket at designopssummit.com. So it's interesting. Um, I know from talking to many of our other uh, uh, folks who've been guests on the podcast, but also talking to a lot of our listeners, that um, they've often seen this sort of realization of the need for design systems as a kind of a Trojan horse, if you will. Uh, in mm-hmm. other words, uh, it's a very tangible, uh, almost concrete product that a design organization needs and often needs to create for itself. Uh, but once, the, and so there's, it's not that hard to get support for it because the, the efficiencies gained and even the ROI argument are actually pretty, pretty reasonable. But once that's done, it opens up a Pandora's box of, of new mm-hmm. challenges. Like, you, you know, you just mentioned some. Is that what you're finding in your community? Yeah, I would say that uh, a lot of people, of course, a lot of people are still interested just in the design systems. Either their, their job is to, to produce them. Uh, but, um, but, you know, everyone will tell you that... Um, well, yes, we, we did build a design system. And now we're kind of like, you know, we're trying to think about how can we solve issues of scaling, for example. So, you know, one of the things that's really tough when you're we're, you're in the conference business is you're, you're, you're basically trying to stay maybe not ahead of the curve, but just behind the very kind of cutting edge. Because if you're too far out in front, nobody's going to show up. They're not going to understand the value exactly. proposition of spending a couple, three days at, at your event. Uh, and of course, if you're too far behind, it gets stale. So, um, 
you know, we're sort of these machines for, for tracking the zeitgeist of interest of a, in a broader industry. Uh, do you feel like um, by moving to this broader set of themes beyond design systems, your, your timing is right or are you too far ahead? Or are you a little behind for your audience? I guess sort of, it, it sort of depends on ticket sales, right? That's the, mm -hmm. the metric. Yeah, of course. Um, I would say that uh, I always am a little bit uh, scared that I'm ahead. I'm not. I'm not saying that I, I know better than others, but uh, it, is this the right time to bring it up? That, that's what I mean. Uh, however, I, I do see you know a lot of um, discussion going on around those same subjects uh, on and on. Of course, I'm you know the communities might be different in a way, like the design systems community might be different from the design ops community and so on. However, those conversations are happening and, uh, and those problems, uh, if you would put those communities together, they, you can start finding patterns basically, you know, well, it's a people's problems, for example. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there's some broader things going on. Uh, let's take it a little further out. So you've had this very quick change between two editions of your conference and uh, play the story forward a bit. Like what are you already sensing might be different in 2021 or 2020 even? I see so far at least uh, a lot of uh, talk being generated and, uh, and discussed around uh, design ethics, for example, and how, how far have we gone without uh, thinking of them actively and just building things for, for our companies or, you know, our companies thinking just uh, for profit, for example. And, um, and a lot of talk is happening around uh, that area. Of course, it maybe goes away from the design specifically uh, part of the discussion. However, I think it's very vital. But also at the same time, uh, a lot of talk is happening about design and business and, you know, how those two can, can be and uh, not be hostile, hostile towards uh, each other. That, that sounds pretty similar to the trends that uh, uh, I'm seeing. I wonder if you're feeling, you know, you, you know a lot about the, the, certainly the events in the States, uh, and you know a lot of uh, folks who are, are based in the States. Do you see much difference in, uh, in your part of the world in terms of how things are unfolding? I mean, it's a different environment. You have different legal and compliance issues to think about. You know, GDPR is, is an obvious example. And there are just maybe broader cultural issues that uh, affect the way we think about design and how it interacts with all the various uh, vectors that it, it, it has to, to play with, whether it's business or ethics or what have you. Yeah, I would say the main difference that I see is that... Uh... In, in Europe, the service design culture is more um, to the front in a way, uh, whereas in, in the US, it is more product design or you know doing the design, the UI part and the- What do you think that is? Part. I am not sure. I think it might be because of uh, in, uh, in Europe, for example, in Finland, let's take Finland as an example. The, the trends of uh, apps building and, and all that came a little bit after the US. Uh, however, many of the designers who were in Finland 
uh, they had background in doing client and consultant work uh, to other companies and, uh, you know, working with them um, in different kinds of projects. And then they just had to change to, to become, a, for example, a product designer or something like that. However, service design was a more natural fit for many of them since they were doing uh, consultancy work. So I, 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 that totally makes sense to me. I want to throw out another theory, though, and you tell me if you think this is uh, uh, slightly accurate. I think the cadence of change in large organizations in Europe is slower. So I was just in um, Berlin a couple of years ago and uh, met a lot of people who worked for uh, large, mostly German corporations. And like the idea of changing jobs or changing companies was very mm -hmm. foreign to them. Uh, here in the States, you know, if you're certainly if you're in the design world, you're a little strange if you don't leave every two or three years there, <laughs> that's an aberration. And uh, I wonder if you are in a setting that is, you know, more stable and uh, where you're going to be for a long time simply by dint of, of just the, the, the duration of experience you have as an employee and, and, and observing people interact with the organization's products and services, you can kind of step back and take kind of a longer term, bigger picture view of the design milieu yeah it can be actually i find this very plausible as a, as a theory because uh, as you said if change is slower uh, and people are in those companies i would say many of those companies they have good cultures so uh, they have good pace people like to be in those companies but maybe change is a little bit more slower but still, because of the culture and because of uh, of the perks and everything, people like to be in those companies and they they try to to see some change happen. So they might stay longer in, mm -hmm. in that sense. Uh, in the startup world, of course, that's a different story. Uh, in the large corporations, I, I would say so. And uh, one main difference that I saw, at least um, with Finland and some people that I was talking uh, with uh, from Berlin, actually, was that. In Finland, the trend of, of design right now is to, to move in-house. Uh, and uh, the trend of uh, many of uh, the consultancies that I see is that they focus now more on the engineering part uh, to, to sell those services as much as possible. However, I've talked to some people from Germany and they told me that you know the trend there is that the designers are in the uh, agencies. They're not so much in-house. At least there are one or two corporations that they do have in-house designers, but then like uh, the larger amount of companies, they just source them still from the. Huh, that's interesting. Maybe the uh, the designers in in those settings uh, have more value when they're coming from the outside, and it is more of a consultative role. You you come in from an agency. Uh, if you're in-house, maybe you you just get lost if you're there for a <laughs> long time. Uh, I don't know. Uh, interesting contrasts. Um, um, tell me, uh, we, we, we'll need to wrap up, uh, um, but I always like to finish with a, a question, which is, is there some article or some person that has really struck you lately that you think our listeners should know about? Yes. So recently, I guess it was again through serendipity or something like that. Someone shared an article and I guess I just bumped on it and I, I read it because the title sounded sounded good um, so 
I've, I've read this uh, amazing article that I think it's, uh, as, as I always say, this article is very joint futures or this article is not joint futures, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, on how much it fits to the ideology that we're trying to, to build. And this specific article that was, uh, uh, that was uh, posted in, um, in a website, a publication called Interactions, it was called uh, The Rise of the Meta Designer. Oh, by Ude Gajendar. My buddy. Exactly. Yeah, and and that struck me uh, so much, and I and told actually Uday right away. Uh, I messaged him when I read it, and I told him, you know, this is a great serendipity because I was I was giving a um, a talk about the holistic design and uh, how kind of like you know we see the the, the multi angled approach on on design as kind of like you know craft operations and strategy. Uh, for the conference, of course, but, but I mean, generally as the uh, holistic design approach and how I got one of the, like one of the feedbacks because we shared feedback forms around. Um, one of the feedback said that uh, this talk was very meta. And first I thought that it was a negative thing, but, uh, but next I said, well, actually it is, and it should be because, you know, we try to push forward what design is and can be you know, through our experiences and through what we observe as, as designers. So yes, it can be also meta and it can be a good thing. <laughs> well, you know, it's great. Uh, that's, you're not the first person who mentioned that article to me. Uh, yeah. uh, I had it in a tab uh, on my browser. So I just pulled it up and it's, if you listeners want to list, take a look at it, go to interactions.acm.org. It's in the July, August, 2019 edition by Uday Gajandar who is uh, one of my co-curators for the Enterprise Experience Conference and community. Uh, in fact, I was just on a call with him this morning. Uh, well, thanks for that, Angelos, and thanks for your perspective. Uh, it's just great to see the kind of work you're doing and many people around the world are doing uh, on top of their day jobs to pull people together, to pull great content together, and uh, create a great experience for attendees. I know... Uh, I wish I was going to join Futures this year. Uh, where I think my brother's going. It's really not fair, and I, I've been complaining to my mom about it. But uh, it's uh, September 3rd through 5th in Helsinki, uh, jointfuturesconf.com. Uh, I should say 2019, in case you're listening to this next year. And um, uh, the, the uh, last day is a, a set of uh, four workshops that Rosenfeld Media is curated by uh, Nathan Chedroff, Kristen Skinner, Gina Ann and Patrick Quattlebaum. Uh, I think you'll want to check those out. And um, if you want to know more about Angelos, uh, he is at arn.is. Great short uh, URL there. Oh. Well done. And he tweets at Angelo, Angelos, sorry, Arnis, A N G E L O S A A R N I S. Angelos, great to talk with you today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me here, Lou. I enjoyed it really much. And it was one of my first official podcasts. So uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a passing grade, maybe with honors. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen. And please check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com.